Welcome to the Principal Cast Podcast, episode number 17. Yes, I cannot believe it, but we are at episode number 17. Thank you so much for tuning in today, tonight, tomorrow, whenever it is that you're listening. My name is Spike Cook. I'm one of the co-hosts on Principal Cast, and I'm also joined by my friend and colleague and co-host out in Wisconsin, Jessica Johnson. Glad I made it. Actually, I'm glad you made it here tonight. I thought I was going to be alone, and I'm the slacker that just shows up, so glad you made it. Yes. Our topic for tonight is how to race down the Garden State Parkway (laughs) through a snowstorm snowstorm to make it to the podcast on time. No, honestly, our topic for tonight is the literacy block, the cornerstone, the pillar the everything of the elementary experience. But before we get into that, we are going to talk a little bit because we haven't talked in so long, Jessica. I, I miss know. you. I miss you. Air five. Air fives, oh. air hugs. And guess what? I think what? I think you'd be proud of us here in New Jersey that we're having a winter not unlike Wisconsin. Well, you know, I do just I don't mean to tease a friend who's not here, but I'm going to. Um, Amber Tiemann in Dallas, Texas, um, they had a blizzard this week, um, and she boxed me and said, it's a blizzard, y'all, um, <laughs> and we requested a picture, and um, I think she said there was like two inches of snow, but I could see grass, um, so we had to tease her a little bit, and I'm doing it publicly here, but, you know, I'm sorry to hear you all got snow, you can join the rest of us Wisconsinites. Cold and snow, and guess what else happened this week? What? Very special. That's why we're hoping that Jeffrey Bradbury, a.k.a. Teacher Cast, could come on for a few minutes because, folks, I don't know if you know this or not, but 66% or two-thirds of the edu triplets are home, and Jeffrey is actually with them right now. But he may not be able to attend to us, but I'm going to invite him, and boom, there he is. How is the principal cast tonight? We're ready to hear about these babies. Babies are doing wonderful. Uh, babies came home. Robert came home on Tuesday. And uh, absolutely amazing. Um, Sarah was supposed to come home on Wednesday, was supposed to come home on Thursday. Um, turns out Sarah was ready to come home on Saturday. And it's been pretty good. We got lucky this week. Spike, I don't know about you, but we had a snow day on Monday and a snow day on Wednesday, which actually gave me Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. I had like six days where I just was was with babies. It was awesome. And um, yeah, so we have Robert and Sarah home. However, um, tonight we're just entertaining Sarah because we actually had to throw Robert back in the hospital. Uh, Robert is down in Delaware tonight with his mother where he is going to be having surgery tomorrow to take care of some small baby problems. And, uh, you know, he will be back in our house on Tuesday. But the cool part about that is he's actually doing it down at the same hospital where Christopher is. So um, I still have two babies in a hospital and one baby at home. Oh, okay. But but it's it's been it's been really really cool and um, hopefully we'll be able to get a picture of Robert and uh, Robert and Christopher together at the same time. Jeff, I had a quick question for you because I noticed that you had posted a video. So what did you do? How did you do that video? Um, like 
Did you do that through iMovie or? I put together a social experiment and I would love to have you guys watch it. I think I'm up to like 150 hits in a day, which is sad because that's many more hits than most of these videos get. And the the video was basically, what is it like to have triplets? Mm -hmm. And many of you guys out there say, oh my goodness, what is that like? How do you do that? Oh, I, 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 unfortunately, I've had actually people say that they pity me for having three kids, which that's a different story. I hope that people don't really mean that because takes a lot to have that stuff sometimes. Um, but basically, all the pictures that we've taken through the last three or four months of going to the store, buying stuff, looking at carts, looking at what our house looks like, just with all the junk that goes in to having one baby, let alone three, I put together a little video that says, what is it like to have triplets? And so it's four minutes. I think it's entertaining, but it really is just a big slideshow. But check it out. Um, teacher can cast you tweet that out? I, yeah. Can you yeah. tweet that out? Teachercast.net slash YouTube, or if you go to their website, baby.teachercast.net, I can actually bring that up because the important thing there is they were also featured on the news, and I can show oh. you that too. Um, B -A -B. And this really ties into everything that we do because we always talk about digital footprints in yep. school and, you know, uh, how to create a, uh, you know, positive digital footprint. And here you are, Jeff, just paving the way for those three little awesome kids. So if you click over to baby.teachercast.net and you go to media attention... I can show you here, we have this great video here, and I don't think it can be heard. Let me see if I can get it to be heard here, if I do capture audio over here. Um, tell me if this is being heard, guys. No. Nope. Nope, I don't see no. it. But it, it, there, there was there was a one minute clip. Um, the babies were recently in print on the newspaper, and this was like their little uh, TMZ stunt that they do, and that was wonderful. Um, and then also when you click up here to media attention, um, I have this video of them coming home, and so really really neat little stuff. I. I I am, believe it or not, still very private with all of the stuff that I'm doing. But like you can see here, some of the the boxes that we had, and just the enormous amount of junk that you have when you're a, a, coming up with three kids. So check it out. Like I said, it's got about 130 hits. Please leave comments. Please share it. Um, it is kind of cool, and I have been doing my best at least once a day, once every two days, to keep everybody up to date with what's going on and what it's like just to be a you know in this process right now. Um, everybody says, oh my goodness, I, how, how, how does it feel? Well, subscribe to the blog. Check us out. Um, follow them online. Edu Triplets right now have... Oh, they have... I know Craig is following them. They have 196 followers right now on Twitter. So really, That's really awesome. cool stuff. But I got to tell you, they're ha they're happy. They're healthy. Um, you guys out there watching, I mean, especially you guys, Principal Cast Crew, but everybody out there watching has been with us for the last 93 days. Um... The average stay in a hospital for 25-week-year-old preemies is 100 days. And we came in somewhere in the late 80s as far as being in the hospital. So wow, they, that's awesome. I, the people at Atlanticare are, are saints. They're amazing. And they perform miracles. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Really, really. Literally, they, they, they turned three months and a day and Robert was out. So they saved my babies, they gave me babies, and I really, really appreciate everything that they're doing for me and have done for, for, for my wife and I. So that's really cool. 
as far as Chris, since people are asking, I'm seeing on the chat over here at TeacherCast.tv, Chris might be another three to four months. So he actually went backwards. I think last time I saw everybody, I was very happy that he got all the tubes out of his mouth. Mm-hmm. And since then, they actually had to put the tubes back in his mouth. He only lasted a week and then regressed. So um, that's my deal. And uh, But look, I've got two amazing babies and Boy, do they have gas. So, <laughs> um, I, have awesome. the, I, I follow the, or I signed up for your Remind 101 updates. And I, you know, I know schools use it, but that's also a neat way for, you know, a family to keep everybody updated on things. And that's just neat that you do that. We have about 150 people on that. It's just amazing. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, you know, you can say the edu celebrities and you can look at all like the big name people, but they're just teachers. They, they, they're, you know, everybody out there is just a teacher. Whether you have 10,000 or one follower, mm-hmm. everybody out there has really, really been awesome. And, you know, nobody bigger, of course, than, than, than Craig Yen, who always retweets everything that the babies say. So um, thank you for letting me talk a little bit about babies. If you watch the Tech Educators show, um, Sarah made a little appearance. And and maybe we'll be lucky and I can get her on, but she looked right into the microphone and screamed her bloody head off. So I don't want to do that to anybody out there. <laughs> so well, it's awesome, Jeff, and and we just wanted to say thank you as always because you know you do uh, babysit us each week. You are, are <laughs> such a good uh, you know father and and podcasting mentor to us. So we thought it was awesome to share some great news and and catch up with you. Well, thank you so much out there. And if I can put one big plug in there, I don't know if you guys know, there is another wonderful educational podcast out there. And I think this is like always a good time in the beginning of the year to kind of look at and go, where are the places to get professional development? And there is an amazing podcast. I believe it's called The House of EdTech, done by the one, the only, the Mr., Christopher Nessie. And uh, check him out. He's got two or three episodes in. He's an amazing educator and uh, a New Jersey educator. And I just want to give him a plug and say thank you out there and uh, check him out. That's awesome. Well, thanks, Jeff. We'll uh, we'll get you at the end of the show again and just so that you could give those plugs out again and um, you know join us to, to wrap things up. Is that cool? I have to go change some diapers. Have a good show, guys. All right. Thanks. Okay, so Jess. Um, yeah, what's been her, up? It's been cold. Um, we have had, I don't know if we've had a full week of school since sometime <laughs> no. in December. It's like, you know, w- with holidays and, and school days off, you know, it's been really crazy. But I think we're only up to about four days that we've missed. I don't know about, what about you? Yeah, we've missed four days in 2014, um, but I also had sick days in there where I was sick for three days That's in a row. That's right, so, yes. You know, so far 2014 has been, you know, four-day work weeks. <laughs> um, this week we have another four-day week where there's no school on Friday, not for the kids, and then the following week we have staff development on Monday, so another four-day week for kids. Yeah. We have, um, we do have school on Friday, but next Monday for President's Day we have off. Okay, okay. So what else has been up? Well, this week in at RM Bacon, it is all about Heart Healthy Week. Uh, the week yeah. leading up to good old Valentine's Day, we're doing, of course, Joan Broke for Heart. We have kids selling 
little can uh, not candies actually because we're a healthy school we don't sell candies but mm -hmm. they're selling little uh, pencils Valentine pencils and we have a pizza bingo slash Valentine's night on Wednesday where we're gonna have a bunch of parents come out so we have we have a lot of cool things that are going on and uh, it's just been really exciting getting into uh, you know seeing those and and that a lot of that comes out of our PLCs you know our, our healthy schools and our uh, family communicate engagement so it's really cool to start seeing you know them uh, grow and expand and just change a little bit each each year and and grow more so it's it's really cool I think I think we're really hitting a, a good stride no pun intended yeah. Well, we're also doing the jump rope for heart stuff. Um, are your kids earning the duckies? Yes. Yes. <laughs> In fact, when we had the open, we had the the we had a quick assembly about those, and mm -hmm. I didn't know how they were going to go over. But I'll tell you what; those kids love the duckies. They do. My kid is on me to get more money so he can earn more ducks, and I'm like, what is the big deal about the little ducks? Yeah, they're wearing the thing, you know, the lanyard with the ducks and everything. And um, it's funny. I was out talking with the safeties the other day when they were they were on, um, and we have this big thing in front of the school and has all the people that have ducks. And I guess the, those are your five dollar, uh, you know, donations. So I believe there was thirty nine, and uh, but I'd asked them about how much money it was, and we had this little math problem it was really cool so um, you know just trying to integrate that into everything that we do but the kids love that kind of stuff and I think the video this year was was really pretty touching about a kid who uh, and it's actually on our RM Bacon weekly blog but a kid who really benefited from all the work that they do with the jump rope for heart and uh, I think the kids really identify with that yeah, we um, f to kick off our um, jump rope for heart. Um, we had our second quarter pride assembly where we recognize honor roll and students who are on a roll. So might not be honor roll, but they're making gains. Honor roll, I like on that. Honor roll, yeah. Um, but so then we also had um, stuck for a buck. Where yeah, can you talk to in. us a little bit about yes. that? So it's a... to keep raising money for the American Heart Association, and we did it on also the National Wear Red Day, so almost every single student was wearing red. Nice. Um, and then they bring in a buck, they bring in a dollar, and then they get a piece of duct tape to duct tape me to the wall. Now, how so, big was the duct tape? Uh, lots of duct tape. I'll, <laughs> I'll tweet out a picture if I can find it on my phone here. And um, they get to tape me to the wall. And we did that before the assembly started. Um, and then the entire assembly I uh, announced from, oh my God, the, from wall, the wall. From the wall. Um, now, if you're wondering how many pieces of tape, there was 181 pieces of tape. And I stayed there stuck the whole time. Um, Trying to think what else. Oh, if you ever do this yourself, um, keep your knees bent a little bit or they will lock up and they will hurt afterwards. Okay. Do not let them duct tape the skin on your arms or you will probably get a rash. That is very okay. painful. That's painful. Um, yeah, just a couple well, tips there. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I did see a couple comments. I don't know if it was on Twitter or if it was on Facebook because I'd seen it. And somebody said, wow, Jess, we can see your, <laughs> your hourglass figure. <laughs> that was so 
sweet. I'm not sure how that happened because that doesn't really exist, but whatever. So basically, if you want to, you know, if you want to look good, get yourself taped up, and it, and it just covers up everything. Yeah. Tightens yeah. things up. Yeah. <laughs> it's I'm, great. A, I'm ready for swimsuit season apparently. <laughs> if I'm covered in duct tape. That's hilarious. But it sounds like it was a good cause, and you raised a lot of money, which is yeah. Which is... And you know something else. I'm trying to tweet this at the same time. Um, I tried something else new in addition to the duct tape. Um, I had just heard the Brand Ed podcast, which is a new podcast that I would recommend um, for anybody. Um, it's Joe Sanfilippo and Tony Sinanis that talk about branding your school and you know right. getting your message out. And um, Joe Maza was just on the last one, and he talked about using um, like a live broadcast or you streaming from your school. So we, um, I had it set up. Um, and we live streamed. We had sent the link out the day before it appeared. That's um, right. Put it on Facebook, and we had 42 people who were viewing um, the live stream from our assembly. So that was that was fun to try. Well, Jessica, I do have to admit that once you sent that out, I went on and I was like, oh, I don't, I don't see anything. And then you were like, um, the event's tomorrow at you know such and yeah. such time. So I was like all excited. I'm like, well, this is cool. You skipped over the word tomorrow. You weren't the That's only right. one. So. Did you did you videotape it like you 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 streamed it but do you have it do I have it recorded? Okay, yeah. the answer to that is no, and oh. the reason is because really funny. Okay, so I had a high school student in charge of the computer, and at the end of it, he said, okay, I stopped it. So when we were all done, they cut me down from the tape. I shut my laptop, brought it back to my office. I opened it back up to get some work done, but then I went and grabbed a cookie and was talking to the secretary, and then I came and I looked back at my computer, and it was broadcasting. It was still broadcasting. Still broadcasting. Uh, you know, eating cookies, talking oh to the secretary. Wait, on Ustream. It was still It was a half an hour after the event when I had opened up my laptop, so I'm sure nobody was paying any attention. But so then when it came to, like, when I clicked Stop Broadcast and then it said, do you want to save this? I was like, no, because I don't know what I was saying. So oh, I, I didn't save the video. So if you ever do it, make sure you click Stop broadcast before you shut your laptop. And then just as a as a curiosity at a curiosity, then you can you can have that recorded that that same Ustream event. Yes. Okay. Yeah, you can. There's a start broadcast and then there's a start record video also. Okay. Yeah. So you can kind of do do both and then yes. you could have embedded that in your blog and all that kind of stuff. Yes. Yes. Maybe next time. Uh maybe next time. Well, it sounds like some awesome, awesome things are going on. I just wanted to um, highlight a couple things that are going on in the chat room. We are without Teresa tonight. Uh, Teresa had something come up, so she is normally the person mm -hmm. who's right in that that, uh, that teachercast.tv. And it's interesting, Peggy George said she never got a chance to get duct tape to a wall, but she did sing from a rooftop one time uh, when she was a principal. And then um, a couple people had said they really liked the uh, the branded uh, podcast that's doing well. So um, just just want to keep giving them those guys a shout out. Very very good stuff. Just want to welcome everybody who's in tonight and uh, keep the questions coming because we're going to shift gears now and talk a little bit about literacy, mm -hmm. uh, which is the reason why we're here tonight. <clears throat> the whole month actually uh, for us is going to be dedicated to literacy because we really do feel like as, as education leaders, I'm sure you would agree with this, Jess, that um, it really is the 
you know, the crux of what we're what we're looking to do, uh, especially at the elementary level. So maybe if you want to talk a little bit about maybe why we're doing this from your vantage point, how we see it developing, and then you know what what you're seeing around the school uh, and and how it's changing. You want me to talk about how the topic started, or how? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't remember. I know we were just picking a focus for every month. We picked, oh, we picked literacy for February um, because I thought that we were going to have somebody with a book coming out this month. Um, it's not coming out this month, but we're still planning to have Matt Renwick on um, mm -hmm. at the end of the month who um, is going to have a book coming out on digital student portfolios, and he focuses on literacy with those, I believe. Um, I think that was how our topic started. Yeah, and I think we just went kind of went back and forth to talk about the, the different things. And I know, I, I mean, I do a lot of walkthroughs and I do a lot of observations uh, at my <laughs> school. <clears throat> and, you know, for us, like we have a 90-minute literacy block, which is, you know, you know, for an elementary student, it, it's that and a math block. That That's pretty much, you know, encapsulates their, their day. So um, we have a couple things that are going on in our school. Uh, we've been facing seven or eight years of declining test scores in that area, which is interesting because in math, we've either been steady or going up. So we piloted a new reading program uh, called Reading Street. And I actually have a blog coming out tomorrow because I saw some really cool things this week about um, active reading in the 21st century. So my son, who uh, goes to a pretty traditional... You know, elementary school with with not a, not a lot of technology. Uh, when he reads, he has to do all these posts, you know, with with a post-it or or um, or a flag or something like that. So, our literacy coach was in one of the fifth grade classes, and she was showing uh, them a book, and she had some different flags on there. So they asked about that. You know, why do you flag read? You know, why do you flag this? Why do you post it on it? So she was talking with them about some active reading strategies. And then she said, well, one of the con uh, the components of the, the new Reading Street program is that when you're reading text online, you could do the same thing. So you can add post-its in there. You can add links. You know, if you don't understand a word, you can highlight that. Um, you know, Google it, put the, put the link in there, make some different connections. So I thought that was really cool because... You know, I, I mean, if you think about like post-its and flags and stuff are really good when you're reading, you know, a, a you know, a paper-bound text. But what about when they start to, you know, transition to all online reading and all online, um, you know, assessments? They're going to have to interact with that text much differently. Yeah. Um, my school, we do not have um, a basal series, and I've written all about that before in blog posts. We went school-wide with daily five and cafe yeah. mm -hmm. um, a few years ago, which was a huge change because we were very basal driven, do every single page in the in the workbook, everybody reads the same basal story, um, and it's been a huge um, positive change where if you're not familiar with Daily Five and cafe, um, it's a framework that sets up um, a structure during the day so that your kids are, they, are, they pick read to self, read to someone, um, listen to reading, work on writing, and word work. Um, in our upper grades, they pretty much just pick three of those, and they, um, when they're reading, they're reading books of their choice. Um, our kids build their stamina, even in kindergarten, to read for at least 15 minutes straight. Our, our older students will read for 45 minutes, and what we know from research on reading is that um, 
if students are reading, the more that they're reading, the better that they're getting in reading. Um, so, you know, before when we had them all reading the same book that they were told they had to read, um, they weren't as enthusiastic about reading. They, you know, read what they had to and they were done. Our kids now, um, they're reading all the time. They're reading on the way to the lunchroom. They're reading on the way to the bus. They're, I mean, our kids love to pull out a book and read. They're talking about reading. They're sharing books with each other. They're just, it, and it's, Something that you can't see on test scores of how much our kids love to read. That's interesting. We, you know, we've gone back and forth, and there's a lot of people, especially you know, in our district, that don't feel like you need a program per se. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like a, having a program, like a systemic program, um, that that in, that goes over, you know, the reading, the writing, comprehension, and all that kind of stuff all together in, a, in an active sort of, sort of format really helps those teachers that, that really can't, ha they struggle to think outside the box and they struggle to get resources and that's what I heard from my teachers for the first two years that I was there. They're like, well with math everything's there. The videos, you know, you're able to go into this thing called Success Maker, make up assessments, uh, it's, it's driven by the Common Core, it you know, asks tough questions, but then for you know, for reading or for language arts, you know, they're constantly pulling things, constantly, constantly pulling things, you know, and some would work and some wouldn't. So that's, that was one of the reasons why we went with, you know, piloting this. And I think it's been, been interesting because um, not only the online component, but the, the books that you do get are all, you know, they're all differentiated and, um, you know, high interest for kids, and um, you know, so it's it's also set you know for whole group instruction and also for small group, and then there's a, there's an RTI kit in there and uh, special ed components. So it's a it's a pretty exhaustive program, um, but you know, like I said, we're just piloting it right now, and um, but our teachers are doing for the most part they are incorporating the daily five, um, which I th which I think is uh, it's been really cool as well, you know, like taking a look at even how that started at my school, which was through a summer. Somebody had read it during the summer, and then they all kind of connected through Edmodo, and there was really no PD that was, no official PD that was done, and it just kind of blossomed uh, into something which, which I think is really cool. Um, Peggy George in the chat room just said she loves Daily Five. Um, the sisters, or you know, maybe it was Craig, it's going fast. Um, the Daily Five, the written by the sisters, has um, just been updated. There's a new version. Um, and there's a lot of talk going on in the chat room. Um, yeah, I see Chris had asked me a question about uh, how do you work with uh, veteran teachers who are not excited for systemic programs or may feel that, like, here comes something else they want me to do and it won't last. Um, that, that's a good question. Um, I think we made it voluntary uh, as far as us piloting this this program, but I'll tell you what, Chris, they were so searching for something that was going to make their life easier, and then once they saw how much this made their life easier, everything from lesson plans, student assessments, uh, reading, uh, how the kids liked it, um, they have really been on board. Um, you know, I may have one or two teachers who are, are kind of, you know, questioning it, or uh, maybe they're a little bit hesitant, but I think the over overwhelming majority, like ha not having had a lot of resources in that area for a good seven to ten years, you know, other than what they could quote-unquote find or, or put together, um, the, the veteran teachers really liked 
the, the fact that it, it made their life easier. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in terms of his question, too, of how to get veteran teachers who aren't excited, um, I am not one that loves to mandate and say, hey, here's something new you all have to do now. Um, I had, Daily Five kind of started as the plague with us, which sounds horrible, but it spread um, in a good way that I had one teacher who came to me very excited, wanted to try this out, and I said, go ahead. Within months, the rest of her grade level team joined in. They they all had to join in with what she was doing because she was seeing such awesome things. The next year, a few others joined, and about um, mid-year, after seeing the results that that they were getting out of those classrooms, I, I did tell everybody, you know, I, I started it with, I don't like to say you're all going to need to do this, but we are all going to do this. And we took the rest of that year then for teachers to get to go and actually observe in their rooms, um, to be reading the books together with us, um, to start doing some of our own little um, mini PD leading up to the year where everybody implemented it. So we kind of did it slowly um, and, and gradually worked our way into everybody teaching with the Daily Five and Cafe framework. You know, one of the interesting things that I was just reflecting on is like when I first came to the district that I'm at, I just felt like everybody was doing something differently. Mm-hmm. And I know that that there's there's a beauty in that, right? But when you have like in our district, we have a high transient population and a lot of the kids, you know, pop from school to school. So there's six elementary schools. So uh, the gap really widens on, you know, the teachers who who can do it better. And um, it almost makes it a little bit unfair for those for those other kids. So I think that's another reason, you know, why when you take a look at marginal or, you know, just, you know, average teachers, you know, you want them to be able to have the same resources as everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, but I also think that when you look at, you know, what does a ninety-minute literacy block block look like? If I were to have asked them two or three years ago what that looked like everybody would have had a different answer you know oh definitely yeah and, but, th- but there's a lot of research that shows what you know a systemic 90 minute you know literacy block could look like when you when you take a look at what you know what the girls did with uh, daily five or what you know what some of the other folks have done when they take a look at you know what can you accomplish during that time how can you connect it you know and the other thing is like when you look at what the common core looks for in the text as far as the nonfiction and fiction you know that really changed so before yeah. it was okay to to kind of read you know whatever you want but now you have to have that balance and it's interesting because we've had our kids you know because um, we want their input on this too as we go mm-hmm. through the pilot so we sort of look at the plus deltas from the kids perspective mm-hmm. and it's very interesting I, I'm gonna actually do a blog post about that too where you know the kids are saying you know different things about what they liked and what they don't like and they really like the nonfiction stuff you know and for us that helps out with our uh, science and uh, social studies integration so um, I don't know how, how are you how are your teachers dealing with the whole with, with the new balance you know on what they have to read as far as fiction and nonfiction yeah I think um, well um, actually for the most part my teachers are doing fairly well with that um, Kids really love to read nonfiction when you find good nonfiction text. Um, and I'm actually finding more of my teachers wanting to take social studies and science off of the report card because they've really made like literacy a spread throughout the day. They're constantly reading and writing about, you know, social studies and science. And um, I don't know, it's been quite a change. 
Um, but th that also kind of leads into how are middle school and high schools handling that change because, um, you know, math teachers, science teachers, tech ed, like those teachers went to school because they love their content area. Now the Common Core is asking them to also incorporate literacy into their into their content area. So that, um, I know you and I are the elementary principals and we don't right. have a middle school or high school principal here, but that's a huge change if there's any middle school or high school principals listening here is that their content folks need to be having um, nonfiction literacy in their in their content as well. Yeah, there's been there, there's definitely been a little bit of a you know who moved my cheese that you know that that's mm -hmm. got to be going on, and I also think about that you know you know your typical you know high school English teacher who says that we have to teach Shakespeare and we have to teach this and we have to teach the classics. When you take a look at you know where things are going, yeah, how does that impact them? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have the answer for that. You don't? <laughs> I don't you have don't. the answer for that. Jessica, oh my goodness. No, I'm just focusing on elementary. But, you know, I, I will say one thing that our district did, because we are K-12 in one building, so we have that unique opportunity that we do come together for a professional development. And so, um, you know, when the Common Core came out and we started digging into what are these standards, um, we we made everybody focus on literacy and writing, and we um, together worked on what we we came up with what our um, our literacy beliefs that we all collectively believe on in, um, and we went through that with um, some of Regie Routman's work. Um, I think it's called the Regie Routman in Residence Program, and we. K-12 only came up with two common literacy beliefs, which was really interesting. Um, and then we also focused on writing, and we actually sat down at the table with, you know, K-12 at each different table and looked at pieces of writing. And, you know, it was interesting to see some of the common concerns from first grade all the way up through 12th grade, you know, the high school teachers, you know, saying, well, you didn't teach them to write with a capital and a period and this and that, and we're like, yeah, we did. You know, you need to expect that from them. Um, so it was great for us to have those discussions across the grade levels of what are the expectations in the Common Core and what are we doing and what looking at student work together. I'm not answering your question. I'm just, I'm just talking. <laughs> No, just, that's fine. That's fine. I'm gonna. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I know. Just I wouldn't know. Put a chat room. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. No, I wouldn't know either, to be honest with you. But I also wonder how this is also going to impact higher education. I mean, I I try to look yeah. at things systemically. So you know, as this stuff sort of reverberates, you know, how does that go into, like you said, middle school, high school, you know, college. Um, you know, and, and then, like I said earlier, like, how do people interact with text, and, you know, how is that going to change? Um, you know, one of the other questions that I would have, you know, is uh, writing. You know, at how much time are your folks putting into teaching writing? Not enough. Not I enough. I tell you that, not enough. There's yeah. not enough time in the day to do it all. Um, th that is our that is our next focus. Um I have several teachers right now that are working on the um, Lucy Calkins units of study. I hope I said that right. Okay. Does that sound familiar? Yes. Um, I have a couple, actually three grade levels that are, are trying that out. They're really liking it, um, and so that will probably be our next mandate <laughs> that I go for. Uh, right, so right. So that we're consistent. I mean, um, we do need to have consistency, and, and writing is an area that we haven't focused on as much. Um, so that'll be our next step. Um, but, th you know, there's not enough time. It's 
Not enough time in the day. Well, you know, and also with that, are you teaching right – or maybe this is just a bigger question, and, and maybe this is something we'll get into in February. But one of the things I wonder about is, um, you know, we're taking the park. I think you guys are taking the – Smarter Balance. Smarter Balance, and, mm -hmm. and, you know, starting in fourth grade, it'll be online. So um, is t how much is – how much different is it going to be teaching writing when we're going to be teaching, you know, them to type and write at the same time? Yeah, no, that'll be interesting. That um, you know, are the kids going to be ready to do all of that typing? Um, are they? I know we're going to be looking at the the pilot of the Smarter Balance of even just how it's laid out on the computers of scrolling down on the text because it doesn't all show up on the screen. They have to scroll down and then mm -hmm. use the, you know, answer the questions on the right side or, or type in the box. Um, it, it's all going to be very interesting. Um, I am looking at the time because Jeff said he can't babysit us for more than 45 minutes. That's right. Um, <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's already 10.08. Or, I know. Or, I, I do just want to share out some some resources that, that I've found helpful, that our teachers have found helpful. Obviously, first of all, we've mentioned the Daily Five and Cafe, or I did. Um, the Pathways to the Common Core book by um, Lucy Hawkins and Chris Lehman um, is, it looks like a little book. It is so packed with information. I have reread chapters over and over, and I have several teachers that have found just great information in that book, um, and that's by Chris Lehman. Um, I'll tweet out his handle later, too. Um, another one would be Kelly Gallagher. Um, he's Kelly G to go on on Twitter. He, um, I've had several teachers, well, middle school teachers have gone to see him, and they've really learned to incorporate the practice of, um, I think it's an article a week, and it's really digging apart and, you know, getting beyond just, you know, the comprehension of it, but digging into why did the author write it, why did they use this style, and comparing to another article as well. Um, and then another great person to learn from in terms of literacy is Donalyn Miller. Um, her Twitter handle is Donalyn Books. Um, she's known as the Book Whisperer. Mm. Um, so just somebody else, and I'll I'll tweet these out um, in a minute. Very cool. I'll let you yeah. talk. <laughs> well, and and just sort of you know in setting up you know December, and we're going to be focusing a lot on on literacy and uh, you know sort of challenging ourselves to to be better principals sure. you know, to help our teachers as well. So. Um, you know, so this week, obviously, just kind of sort of the introduction to the literacy block, and you know, we talked a little bit about active reading. Um, you know, next week we're going to look about uh, look to talk about like how do you keep up with reading, you know, from a professional point of view, mm -hmm. you know, and then how can that impact you know your teachers, you know, and you know what what to read, you know, and what to share, um, and then at the end of February, like you said, we're going to have the 23rd, we're going to have Matt. Renwick on, and he's going to be talking about digital student portfolios. So we have a we have a lot to get through, um, mm -hmm. you know. But I think it's an I think it's an important topic that we wanted to make sure we had a couple of uh, shows that were dedicated to. So hopefully, you know, the, the chat room we're not as good as Teresa making sure everybody's <laughs> voice was heard. Um, but I just want to also thank everybody who was in the chat room tonight, and uh, I just kept encouraging them to tweet out things because. We weren't able to get to them all, so um, you yeah. know. But no, I think I, this. 
Yeah, they're really, it looks like people in the chat room are just really echoing some of the things that we're seeing. Um, hey, I wonder, do you have anything awesome to share tonight? Something like either an app or a tech tool? You know, I I don't. I don't have anything uh, specifically other than, I, like I said, I thought I thought it was really cool to take a look at the, you know, the active reading strategies mm -hmm. online, you know, and and how students are are interacting with the text. How about you? Um, has nothing to do with literacy, but um, there's been update updates in Evernote if you use Evernote, um, and uh, if you've used Evernote Sketch. They've actually built in the tools for Sketch right in Evernote now. So if you take a picture in Evernote and then you click on the picture and then you click on something up at the top, I can't remember what it looks like, you get all of the tools in there so you can annotate over your pictures in Evernote without going to a separate app. So I thought that was pretty cool, something to share. Oh, that is cool. That is cool. Um, at this time, let's see if we could bring Jeff back on because I, I want him to make sure he gives some shout-outs to different people. I want to... Um, you know, as we, we recommend folks to follow, uh, this week I am recommending Erin um, Simpson, who is at E-H-U-T-H-S-I-M-P-S-O-N. She is a principal, an elementary principal, and um, I got a chance to meet her at NAESP last summer. Uh, she's from Ohio, and she's also a national distinguished Principal, so she she is. Has a yeah, so uh, definitely recommend to uh, to follow her. And I didn't find principals to follow tonight. I was just listing the the literacy gurus who I think principals should be following. Don't just follow other principals. Um, you need to follow other great educators too to share resources with your teachers. So um, I just tweeted those out. It's I Chris Lehman. Um, there are two Chris Laymans. I, Chris Layman is the, the literacy guru. The other Chris Layman is um, a principal, both great to follow. Um, Kelly G. DeGo is um, Kelly Gallagher, and then Donalyn Books, Twitter handle, she's, um, that's Donalyn Miller. So great literacy gurus to follow. Very cool. Uh, Jeff, are yes, you there? Yes, I'm here. How are you? Good, good. show. Good, good show tonight, guys. We had almost 30 people live at the same time today. It was pretty cool. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah, big shout out to uh, to Craig Yen out there. <clears throat> yeah, he's a tweeting maniac. He's, you know, if you want somebody to help you with PR, you put Craig Yen on it. I'm trying. <laughs> I, I, I have a new must follow, but it's not a Twitter person. Well, it is a Twitter person, I guess. Um, open just today is the brand new YouTube account for one Waka Patui on the of the Edu Puppets. And uh he's got a few videos up here, but basically Waka, as you as you might have heard, is 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 challenging you to uh to like puppets in a way that none other has. And and Waka today had a new um a new um well, Sam made him an arm, so so Walken now has has a right arm, which is kind of cool. If you haven't seen that yet, uh, Craig, uh, need to be walking up. But uh, it's it's a YouTube.com slash user slash the Edu Puppets, and uh, maybe we can get that in there. But yeah, there's a lot of good stuff going on there. The channel's just getting live. Sam's doing an amazing job with it. Uh, check it out, Walka Patui's the Edu Puppets out on there, and uh, please support Sam at at, at Sam Patui. And at Waka Patui and all the nine other puppets that the guy has, so check that I out. I will give that a shot. I do. I struggle to to resonate with puppets, so I will. 
Well, it's, it's it's not easy, I gotta tell you, um, to talk to somebody who has their hand up somebody's. Um, but but speaking of somebody who's yeah, now dealing sure. with poopy diapers, sure. I understand it a little bit more. Yeah, I I don't know. I just never like even as a kid, like I just I didn't love the Muppets, you know. I I Ooh. didn't I didn't love hand Ooh, puppets. And... Uh, there's a there's a connection error here, Spike. I don't know yeah. about the show right now. Yeah. Um. But I also have heard that a young a young Johnson has his own Excuse me? YouTube channel. Oh, yeah. My son started his first YouTube channel today to show videos of his wrestling tournaments to grandma. No way. So, yeah, well, he's also going to have a Minecraft channel because he's got all kinds of Minecraft it, videos it, to show, too. Is but... he monetizing these videos? Just curious. Oh, no. He's okay. eight. That's not going to happen. I mean, he's 13, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny. No, that's really cool. Um, in fact, the other day, my daughter was watching something, and I didn't. I was like, "How did you? How did you get that?" She's like, "Oh, I subscribed them on YouTube." She's six. <laughs> so, um, anyway, she doesn't subscribe to me. I know that's for a fact. <laughs> so, all right, we have a lot of cool things that uh, are going on. Like we said, uh, in the next couple of weeks. We always recommend that you follow TeacherCast, our producer and uh, extraordinary friend, and uh, he is at TeacherCast on Twitter and TeacherCast.net for his blogs and resources, and of course for the podcast, TeacherCast.tv. So um, just want to thank everybody for showing up tonight or whenever you're listening to this, and like I said, next week we will be focusing on... What do you read as a leader? How do you? How does that impact those that you um, that you lead? Jessica, any final thoughts? Nope. 